Today, I am here at Tyrell Basin sitting down with Brian Austin and Nate McCree. McCree? Okay, is your mic on? Yes, it is. Good. So, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about what, what brings this podcast possible for everybody here. And these are some of my favorite items that I use, and it's everything that everything I'm going to be showing you guys is I use in the field. So, what I want to talk about first is Veteran IP. Veteran Innovative Products. Now, these guys are veteran-owner operator. Everything is all American-made. Oddly enough, if cool enough, is that these veterans are assembled here in Sparta, Wisconsin. Oh, cool. They have the assembly line to be able to tackle the thing, and then they recently won the contract to be in all Walmarts. So it does not just uh, disc, disc, um, bring down the quality of the, the broadhead. It just now just has more exposure for it. Now, what makes this thing so popular is it's a 100-grain, Broadhead. It's used for compound and for crossbow use, and of course recurve. Then it's surgical steel. Extremely sharp. And uh, I've cut myself numerous times just putting them, pulling them, putting them in my quiver. But it's always been a good sign because last time I did, I shot one of my biggest bodied bucks ever. And uh, it goes from a quarter of an or inch and a quarter, as you see here, and it will span all the way up to two and a half inches. Now their claim to fame is that it's the first ever never fail mechanical broadhead because they use a a metal metal collar and a spring system in there, so this way you do it. And this is a nice chisel tip right there. Now, the nice thing is you can replace the blades. So it's like they designed this to, to maintain the, the high-quality shaft and then just replace the blades as you go through them. Now, they just released a hulk of a veteran. It's 175 grain because they want to get everybody that goes out west and then also on the safaris. And it's, it just... Just, just make just bigger. It's just 175 grain broadhead. Now, the nice thing is that they do is include a field a point in there to train you how to use it and how to launch it out there. So I'm going to pass this broadhead around so kind of guys give you the, a point of it. Now, it's it's much bigger than the Rage. Now, there's nothing wrong with the Rage, but it just shows you on how big they are with the cutting blades. And it's legal, legal in all the states, which is fantastic. And then we have what we call the Atom broadhead, and it looks just like an Atom because it's these are all razor wire right here. And this is what my fiance shoots, and she likes them because it's just fantastic to utilize. It's a very light, easy way to shoot 100 grain brow, uh, uh, 100 grain point, so it's very easy to work. And it's and, with, and, and they still use a chisel tip with the whole thing, and it's just now you just use razor wire to cut through them, and it's it just destroys. That's an interesting design. It is. It is a very interesting design. That, that this was something that. Um, Aerodynamics uh, came up with years ago, and then uh, uh, Matt bought them out. Matt Furt, he bought them shortly thereafter. They also make a guillotine one for for lopping off turkeys' heads. Now, the unique thing is there's a video out there that shows them using the, the guillotine on ostriches. Just practically decapitated. <laughs> it, I mean, it was a close thing, it's like, but it was, it was fantastic. Then they also created something called, they also just used, uh, they created what they call the hog log, which is fantastic. So, you also, if you have, up here in Wisconsin, we don't have the hogs, but everywhere down south, they, they're everywhere. So it's a great way to pattern them, get them coming in. So this way, then you can trap them. If you live in uh, Missouri or if you hunt, or if you live in Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, you can hunt on them and such. And you can find all their products at VeteranIP.com. And the next product that I want to discuss is MV Outdoors and Hunting. Now these guys, they built a brand on strength and perseverance and determination with the whole thing. Now their their website offers a full line of apparel and accessories, which is fantastic because it's like they have great quality of uh, information uh, materials that they use and on top of that too they carry uh under armor and several other ones as well now their commitment is to those who are never willing to accept defeat kind of like here with the the whole uh fit to hunt pro motto here because it's like these like people that attempt this course or courses throughout the united states is that they never want to quit 
it's just, it's just the mental fortitude. I mean, I, I ran the course today and I shown my true colors and how out of shape I am, but I completed it. Now, there's an exclusive code for us to use, guys, for those who listen to the podcast. All these no Sams are quite uh, obnoxious. Now, we're actually outside, so if you hear the wind blowing, it's just it's just too nice to not be outside. So there is a new promo code, but I will get that out to you when I launch the podcast, but it will be 10% off your entire order, so get after it, folks. Then all of my designs and everything like that and all of my products that I've been reproducing is coming from Cajun Unicorn Designs. They're based out of Louisiana, uh, so it's all American-made stuff, so it's all, uh, all in-house, and they do everything for you. So if you have a request, they will they will meet your demand. You can find her designs, Cajun Unicorn Designs, on Facebook and Instagram. Now, one of my other, my just came across this product here this past year. It's called Cook's Deer Attractant. Now, these guys are based out of northern Minnesota. They're, what brings them to fame is that they're CW Free Herd, so certified, by the way, as well. So this is why they're fantastic products now their their scents never carry over from the previous year and their and their scents are collected through the early fall throughout the rut now their scent is 100 percent pure which means they have no water or, or preservatives added to it so you'll never find them in a store because they directly ship to you and they have several products you can check out now the ones i personally use this past season was dominant buck now that one is used for they use that urine from five and a half year old bucks. So this way it's like they're it's just massive racks. And the cool thing is if you go on to the Instagram feed, you'll see their farm and it's just just huge racks. And it's like you could definitely tell like if you have monsters on your field that you haven't seen in years, this will pull them out. Like this year, last year, I found two bucks never seen before. They just showed up. It's just fantastic. It's like oh, this is exciting. The only downside is they showed up in in, in October and they never came back again. So it's like well. I got to do better next year. And they also use their certified peak doe estrogen. So it's like it's it's what makes it certified is that they the urine that they utilize is at the peak of the rut. So it has the, the most amount of estrogen in it. So this way you have the highest amount per parts per million for the whole thing. Now, if you want to find out a whole breakdown of the thing, check out Where to Hunt podcast. They're based here in Wisconsin, out of Madison. And it's episode 54. It's getting inside the buck's head. And he sits down with Rich Cook, the owner, and they discuss about how to use the scents. And you can find all of his products, Rich's products, on cooksdeerscent.com. And the coolest thing is, folks, if you go to the Instagram uh, following, you'll see everything on there is only using their products. And they pulled in some massive bucks. I mean, there's there's one guy here in Wisconsin that pulled a 200-pointer uh, off somebody else's property using the dominant buck. So it's like, that's what kind of sold me on it. And our newest sponsorship is the easy cuts now this is born from desire to build extremely high quality and lifetime guarantee tools that will work and last easy cut has been tested designed and have uh, survived the harshest environments and toughest for for the toughest individuals for weekend warriors and the hardcore professionals so it's like you don't have to use this stuff for just hunting but it's this is great for pruning your own your own yard and such now this was originally founded in 1988 from a long time outdoorsman buster greenway these tools have been demonstrated and sold all across the country to millions of people then in 2014 jerry milo and scott blast purchased easy cut and they just want to just blow it up all over the place now this is made in illinois just four or five hours from where we're at today their premier one is one i use what they call the wow wow saw 
and it's a 10 inch curved uh, surface and with a replaceable blade. And the nice thing is it's a non-slip rubber grip, which is fantastic. And then it cuts on the draw, which makes it one of their leading designs. And I was blown away when I found it in Warren's, Wisconsin, and it's like sold. And then they also have several other products too. They have the ratchet pruners. This way you can ratchet your blade into the limb, the Gen 1 lopper. Then you also have the Gen 2 lopper, the Kamikaze Force pruner, plus all of them have sheaths as well. So thank you for listening to all that. Now we're going to get into the podcast here. So I have Brian Austin. That's me. And I have Nate. How's it going? So Nate is the owner of Tyro Basin. He recently purchased this in... August of 18. August of 18. So it's he's a brand new owner, and he is really, really putting his heart and energy into this. And he is a self-made man. This is not inherited. So it's a great thing to l- listen to a gentleman f- pull himself up from the bootstraps and get shit done. <laughs> I try. <laughs> so what is what is your premier tr- attraction to the area? How long has Tyro Basin been around? Uh, Tyro Basin has been around since the early 1900s. It's um, mm-hmm. had a couple different names, and it's current... Uh, reiteration it started in 1987 okay as Tyro Basin we all know and love today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it had one ownership group from 87 until I bought it in 2018 okay um, and now we're just kind of giving it some new some new blood some new life um, bringing it back to what it should be fantastic I was listening to talking to Casey and he was telling me about you guys repainted a bunch of stuff you put in some stuff back in the intro- infrastructure you guys went ahead and like really tackling the lawn making sure it's very nice and manicured and then which also brings us to our other guest Brian here he is the what's well, how do you describe your position with Fit to Hunt? So, I am the director of director, Train to Hunt okay. um, I'm the I guess the national director of Train to Hunt Kenton Claremont is the owner of Train to Hunt and he lives out in the state of Washington so I'm uh, kind of directing things in the Midwest, the South, kind of heading towards Colorado and whatnot. Uh, my that's kind of my side gig, okay. my full time job. I'm also known as Get Fit with Brian. I have my own training studio. That okay. I do boot camps and and uh, train to hunt classes. And, and that's uh, located training. where? That is in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. Where's that? Where's that comparison to uh, Madison? That's basically a suburb of Madison. Okay. So. All right then. So those who live in Madison, listen to it now. You know where to go. Yep, I'm a I'm a born and raised Wisconsinite. So very cool. And Nate, you're here. You're from Wisconsin, aren't you? I grew up in Minnesota. Okay. Moved to Madison area about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a Packer fan growing up. Uh, I have since converted to the Vikings. So. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I'm a Vikings fan too. So don't no no worries oh, there. It's all right. We'll never win a Super Bowl. So exactly. Uh, that's why it's like that's why you date women that are Vikings fans because you know they'll never expect a ring. Right. Wow. Right. And they're used wow. to disappointment. There you go. There you go. And well, so well, wait, with three with three uh, kind of Midwesterner guys, maybe we should break out our uh, our uh, accents uh, for the for the non uh, Midwesterners. And, there you go. Uh, talk about some walleye fishing so, in some Minnesota. Yeah. There you go. go. Fishing in the boat. In the boat there. I know it's like I was out fishing here a few weeks ago and I caught a bunch of uh, walleye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually caught some about, about anywhere between 19 and 22 inches. So it's like they're beautiful fillets. So it's oh, like nice. I got. Uh, uh, oh, yes, they are. So I haven't I haven't eaten them yet, but boy, I'm, they're saving. So you said you're from Minnesota. Where at? I grew up in Hastings, Minnesota, just south of the Twin Cities. Okay. I'm from I'm from Stewartville. So it's like okay. so. So we're yeah. in the same stomping ground there between 52 from yeah. Rochester to Minneapolis. So yeah, fantastic. Now, um, well, what are some of the, some of the features that Tyro Basin offers besides skiing? Uh, well, we're skiing, snowboarding. Uh, our core uh, 
what we've given really to the ski industry is freestyle. We were one of the first places to ever have a half pipe in the Midwest. Um, we're very core to snowboarder culture. Um, you okay. can go to just about any ski area in the United States, and you say you're from Tyrell Basin, they know of us, and they've probably been here. It's um, fantastic, fantastic recognition there. Yeah, um, we're you know we're a smaller ski area. We have 17 runs right now. Mm -hmm. uh, should have 19 by the end of the summer. Wow. Um, three three triple chairlifts, 300 foot elevation. So you know we're not a mountain. However, um, we have some very unique features here: uh, tree skiing, rock, uh, cliff drops, all that sort of good mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so we pack a we pack a lot of stuff into a small area. And didn't you, you told me one time that you have one of the steepest slopes? Uh, a ski slope in, in Wisconsin, right? Yep, we have one of the steeper ski slopes in Wisconsin, uh, Double Diamond. It's about mm -hmm. a 45% grade. Um, it's it's pretty gnarly. So That's awesome, man. That's pretty cool. And so you wanted – uh, one of your employees would tell me you want to bring in Frisbee golf, right? Yeah, uh, we're doing disc golf. Um, I just learned this. If you call it Frisbee golf, they want to kill you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm not um, a player. I just like I, – I do manly sports. Yep. Um, <laughs> me too. Uh, yep, we're adding disc golf. Uh, that's one of our first things we're adding for this summer. Uh, we're adding some mountain biking trails. Okay. Uh, we're doing Train to Hunt this month, uh, mm -hmm. June 29th. We're doing mm -hmm. that. Uh, and then uh, we're doing Haunted House this fall. Oh, wow. a brand new tubing area on the other side of our property. Wow. Um, You're then, getting after it. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're trying to reinvest in, in Tyrell Basin here and – um, make sure that it's here for many generations to come. That's fantastic. And so now, how did you two meet up? Yeah, so <clears throat> when I became the director of Train to Hunt last, uh, I guess, late last year, uh, I was talking to Kenton about potentially finding a new location for our Wisconsin qualifier. Okay. And living here close by, I'm, I'm like, Tyrell Basin would be a, a, a fantastic spot for that mm -hmm. uh the location that has been uh the last several years has been a uh an archery club so it's been limited on on the space that we have okay and being in wisconsin and having it uh the the train the hunt event here has been the largest qualifier like i said so i wanted to have it at a venue where we could draw more people be very spectator friendly mm -hmm. so that people mm -hmm. can competitors can bring their family and friends to cheer them on and uh, I just called Tyro Basin up, talked to Nathan, and he being an avid uh, hunter himself, he gets what we're doing. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's it's fantastic to have somebody that supports Train the Hunt as a venue and is helping us put on a, a fantastic event. So. That's awesome. And you did it you did it this morning for training, right? I did. I, I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is tough. Um yeah, tra train to hunt is it's great. Um I think uh, getting people outside getting mm -hmm, them active mm -hmm. you know we try to do that in the winter with our winter sports but having yes. uh, a summertime or fall activity mm -hmm. um getting the youth interested in hunting hunting is on a decline we need yes. to get the youth out we need to get them in the mm -hmm, woods mm -hmm. um not only teach them uh teach them a thing or two about survival but you know just get their ass off the couch yes and get that phone out of their hand and um you can learn a lot from nature and just mm -hmm. being out and exercising and having a good time outdoors um and using this beautiful space for something other than snow um it should be used right. and that's what we really want to do 
No, you're gonna be you're gonna be performing in uh, June 29th then. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna compete this year. I, I'm. I think I can, I need a little more training after today's today's workout. <laughs> yeah, I I completely agree with that because this I actually did the course here too tonight and it's like I found I am completely out of shape but it's like I thought I recognize that I have good cardio but it's like. I don't have knee strength, so my ligaments were really just displaying their weakness. So it's like I really had to challenge myself to go up these hills. And I didn't do the complete course, but I did like, what would you say, 80% of the course? Yeah, I'd say yeah, three yeah. quarters of it probably. And I tell you what, this will definitely let you know that you need to put some, put your put your money where your mouth is when it comes down to it. And it's, it's fantastic because the way it's set up here is this is exactly how – Wisconsin hunting can possibly be, especially if you're hunting on private land or public land, don't matter. It's like the the scenarios that Brian here sets you up, it is real world. It's like it's like going over logs, going down hills, going up hills, and carrying dead weight too. It's like it's definitely shows you what you need to focus on for the upcoming season. It's like the great thing is, it's like you don't have to be in shape. It's like it's, it's it helps, but allows you to really focus on what you what i well like what i learned what i need to focus on so it's like i need to work on my my knees and my tendons so this way it's like when i when i tackle this upcoming season i'm going to be more prepared for it because it's like I, I learned that it's like i need to work on my knees and my ligaments so it's like it's a, it's an absolute blast it's like it's beautiful course and why don't you break down some of the, all the events that we that you're going to be doing at the qualifier yeah so the event itself on saturday morning uh, we will kick things off around 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, the competitor meeting and stuff will be ar around 8, and then the first heat will start around 9. We mm -hmm. expect to have maybe about 100 competitors. Fantastic. We'll be running people in heats of 10. Uh, so the way that we break that down in is that we start with what we call the challenge course. Okay. The challenge course, you start with 20 over-the-box stepovers. It's a 20-inch box that, pe that these guys and gals are stepping over with uh, anywhere from a 20 to a 50 pound sandbag mm -hmm. on their shoulder depending on what age group they're in so they do that challenge and then they drop the sandbag and they take off on a short little run maybe about a 200 yard run out and back they come back they grab their bow and they shoot a target maybe about a 30-ish yard target is mm -hmm. what they're going to mm -hmm. be shooting so they do that four times with four different physical challenges the first one like i said is step overs then it is ground to shoulder with the sandbag. Mm -hmm, so they mm -hmm. pick the bag up off the shoulder. It's dead weight that they're or off the ground. And they put it up on their shoulder, step over the box, and they do that 10 times. Mm -hmm. Take off on the run, come back, shoot again. And then they have uh, the 10 burpees. So they do a burpee with the sandbag, with the brute force sandbag. They throw it up over their head, turn around, pick it up, you know, and they do it again 10 mm -hmm, times. Mm -hmm. uh, run, come back, shoot. So... Four challenges, uh, four shooting opportunities there, and then once they're done with the challenge course is when they throw on their, their pack. Okay. It's a weighted pack, uh, anywhere from 20 to 50 pounds, again, depending on, on age and mm -hmm. male or female. And then what we're going to have here is roughly a two-mile mountain course. All right. So it's not super long, but it's not going to be short it, either. It's not short. It's it's about a 15-minute run to get through everything from start to finish. Right. Right. Uh, 15 or 50? 50. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought he said 15. No, no. There's no 15. I, I am not Shazam here. <laughs> <laughs> so we start uh, with the mountain course going straight up ski lift A here. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have, Nathan's going to be having the, uh, the ski lift running. So this is a perfect opportunity for your friends or family to hop on the ski lift and actually ride the lift up while mm -hmm. you are just grinding that hill out. Uh, so... Being here at Tyro Basin, we have, you know, in trying to hunt, 
it's we call it a mountain course and people that do or people are not aware of train to hunt are like well we're it's wisconsin we don't have mountains here i tell you what this is as close to a western style hunt or a western style hike that you will get mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. we have some steep climbs we have some long climbs we have some some really gnarly single track sections um, but anyways on that two mile section uh, they'll have two more targets that they will have to shoot mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then that's basically the competition on saturday on sunday we have a 20 target 3d course and this 3d course is going to be a very challenging 3d course we're going to have a lot of steep angles uh, different terrain to go over and as well I mean you're, you're dealing with with uh, some steep hills too mm -hmm. so the way that our our challenge is set up is that on Saturday you have your course time let's say it takes you an hour to go through the course okay so then the points for the scoring for shooting the 3d targets for every point less than a perfect score that you shoot you get a 15 second penalty added on to your time Ooh. So the guys and gals that are going to be at the top are not only very fit people, but they're also very, very good shooters. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to be both. Just like hunting around here or out west, especially out west in the mountains, you have to be fit to climb the mountains. Mm -hmm. You, know, you mm -hmm. might be five, six to ten miles back in. You're going over, you know, you're, you're uh, ascending and descending thousands of feet. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But then, you know, when the, uh, when the time comes, you have to make the shot. Mm -hmm. If you if you're not a good shot, then you know you're going to be going home with a tag in your in your pocket. So. Or worse yet, you're going to have the guilt of wounding the ammo animal. Right, right. I'd hate to do that. I mean, I've wounded the whitetail, and it's like it just eats me up inside. It's like because like you're going through your mind and what what you did wrong, and like, okay, why did I what did I, what do I need to do next year to prevent them from happening? So if you're using a rifle, it's like I need to shoot more. Or if you're using an archery, it's like you need to, I need to practice double on what I plan on hunting at. Right. <clears throat> so with the train to hunt family and lifestyle and the movement that we are creating is that people need to practice shooting their bow under distress. Mm -hmm. So the best way to do that, I, you know, being in Wisconsin, being a tree stand hunter all my life, I get that you're not doing burpees. You're not running around in the white tail woods, but when that buck steps out or even that doe, whatever it is, your heart is going to be ticking, at least for most of us. Mm -hmm. So the best way to simulate that through practice is through physical exercise. So whatever it might be, it doesn't have to be burpees. It might just be do 10 push-ups or do 10 uh, jump squats. Get that heart rate going so you get a feel for what it's like to draw your bow and to and to hold that pin steady mm -hmm. while while your heart rate is ticking. So And you can't use uh, range finders, can you, on this course? No, you, you actually can. You can okay. use range finders on this course. On Sunday during the 3D course, there will be a handful of targets that will say no rangefinder. Okay. So that's the other thing with our 3D course. It's not just a typical 3D course like a lot of hunters are used to doing. Is that at every target, there is something that you need to do. Mm -hmm. It might be draw from your knees and shoot. Okay. It might be uh, draw standing, kneel, and shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, we have three kind of uh, signature shots that we do that are timed. Okay. Where you have to draw and shoot the target in five seconds. Otherwise, you get a zero. You have to draw and shoot two arrows in 12 seconds. So the way that that works is that you are able to draw and get on your target and take your time on that first target. Once you shoot, the time starts and you have 12 seconds to knock another arrow and to do a follow-up. So that's perfect real-life scenario 
we've probably most of us have been in that situation mm -hmm. where you shoot an animal and either you miss or you even if it's a deadly shot and it's standing 20 30 yards off from where you you first shot at that mm -hmm. you're going to get a second arrow in it because it's still standing there that's the ethical thing to do is mm -hmm. to get until that thing's down you're getting some arrows in it so that's the follow-up shot is at 2 and 12 to get that second shot off as fast as you can and uh, a as accurate and uh, ethical as you can. Then the other time shot is a 30-second hold. You have to draw and hold your, your bow back uh, or your arm back uh, for 30 seconds. Okay. So, again, we've probably a lot of us have been in that situation where the buck is coming in or the elk and it's and it stops behind a, a tree and you're at full draw and you got to mm -hmm, sit there mm -hmm. or stand there and wait that's what that is simulating so that's good to hear that you broke down the time ones because it's like i'd hate to have somebody that's trying to rapid fire in, in 12 seconds but at least it allows you to give them that realistic point of view so this way when you shoot once and then you have to shoot again so this way then you you you, you know that you're you're setting your body up and your in your mental toughness fortitude and making sure your second shot is just going to be as accurate, but now it's going to be timed because 12 seconds in the in, in the real world is a long time. But when you're right. setting with your, uh, when you're doing all this right here, it's going to be just as tough. But man, it's it's good to hear that breakdown because it's now when people hear that they're like, you don't have to worry about people that have that gener could generate target panic from or for some reason. Right, and you know, a lot of the the guys and gals in train to hunt that are mm -hmm. are training for these events, some do have target panic, but uh, it's ironic that a lot of people that do have target panic once they start shooting under distress with the elevated heart rate a lot of times their target panic goes away because no they're not they're not thinking about it it takes it's true a lot of that head game is out of the equation at that time you're working just purely on um muscle memory and uh, mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. yeah so very neat. And so, Nate, you've done a really good job of manicuring the uh, the trails, haven't you? To try to try to give them a little bit of um, uh, toughness, but also allowing them to not have to worry about going through knee high brush. Yeah, we've been working with Brian as he kind of changes the course around and okay. picks his final route to make sure that everything is kind of uh, it's as natural as it can be. So you're getting a mm -hmm. realistic experience, mm -hmm. uh, but you're not going to go through poison ivy or any thistles or things yeah. like that um you know keeping them somewhat manicured so that you know you're not going to catch a stick in the eye or something uh -huh. um because these these guys are going to be moving so um we want to create a really realistic experience but keep it safe for them yeah because uh, when i was when i first arrived here and you guys were just getting off the mountain you, i mean everybody here was giving brian tons of great feedback i mean i was listening to you just jabber off a mile a minute it's like we get a little change here a little change here a little change here but it's 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 all in the perspective of safety for the, the competitors Right. We, we want to make things as challenging as possible, but still, because our ultimate goal here is to get ready for hunting season. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. last thing we want to see is somebody getting injured and not being, being able to hunt this fall. Yes. So, but we also want to use this event as a benchmark for people to see where their weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. Do I need to work more on my fitness because I'm going out to the mountains and, uh, or do I need to work on my shooting? Mm -hmm. You know, or do I need to work on both? Yeah. You know, that that's what train to hunt is really about is is to see where you are for hunting season and mm -hmm. to prepare you for that. So. Oh, hands down. Because I was having issues with my left elbow. I started developing uh, golfer's uh, elbow. Oh, because I used to work at a job where it was very repetitive work. And so I reduced my, my draw length and then I, I try to co compensate for that by bending my elbow a little more. But I actually came across acupuncture. Was It was an instant fix. One session, done. And it's like, it was fantastic. Then I, then it's like, I was shooting out here. It's like, 
I'm shooting with that, that handicap and it's like, I need to actually go in. And as soon as I get back, I go down to lacrosse archery and have them go from 28 to 29 inches again. So this way it's comfortable. Cause it's like, I shot my first one just clear over the top of them. And then, and then the second one was actually on the target. Third one is in the target as well. But I was just like, what's what I found. It's like, I got to practice just taking a, I have a target myself, Reinhardt one and just take it, throw it out there and actually just utilize my eyesight again and train my eyes for 10, 20, 30 yards without after relying on a range finder. Right. Cause like you said, there's going to be what three targets, right? They're not going to be, you can't use a range finder. Uh, there'll probably be more than that. Okay, good. See, so then saying, so th those who are listening practice right, right. without using a range finder. And like the cool part is here, Wisconsin, we have all this public land and, uh, there's places around where you can, uh, go to, campgrounds depending on which one will allow you to do it or just go into a field or or even just find somebody that lives out in the country where you can't because most places you can't shoot in town like let's find some place to go practice that right there so you because we see at least we have two weeks prior to it so and the nice thing is like you can go to any um, archery place right here and you, i'm sure they'll let you use your, your target so right. go ahead and do it well another good tip uh for and this is just a good tip for hunting in general mm -hmm. is when you're out hiking around uh, take your rangefinder and practice judging distance. And mm -hmm. let's say you see a rock and figure out how many yards that is from you and then mm -hmm. take your rangefinder and range it and see how accurate you are. That is one of the best things that you can do to be uh, a better uh, distance judger mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to 3D archery and for hunting too, because it's sometimes you might uh, get caught in a situation that you can't use your rangefinder, and and you got you have to be able to judge the distance of that mm -hmm. animal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, because there's be times where it's going to be coming up and it's going to be moving. It's like you have a very small window to get it to stop, and it's like you don't, you're not going to have time to do it, and you can't have your a spotter behind you telling us like it's at this yard because it's like they can hear you because right. you're not because you, you're close if you're close enough to shoot them at 20 yards, they're going to hear you hear your your spotter behind you using the ranging everything for you. So, right. and most people don't use the garments, those, the, the range finders like that, or the, uh, vendettas. So it's like, they're, cause they're, they're ex add the extra weight on there and it's, they're very expensive. Cause like you can buy, a, I, I use a Simmons range finder. It works just fine. I paid 80 bucks for it. I'm not going to go out and dr drop $800 on a range finder. You know I mean? I, I get if you, if you shoot uh, professionally long distances, I get it. I mean, cause it's like, you're, it's, one of those things nobody would like for me it's not it's not in the budget it just doesn't sure. make sense to me well you, you know that's just like anything you prioritize things mm -hmm, and figure mm -hmm. out what's what's more valuable what um but i just want to let people know that that if if you're new to train the hunt or have seen it come on out and just watch what we're all about mm -hmm. because i think a lot of times people can be intimidated and once you do a train the hunt event or once you even watch one you see uh the train the hunt family is very supportive. I've done a lot of different competitions in my life, and and some uh, competitions are, are you know they're it's kind of cutthroat and they're after each other. But this event, you will see all the competitors cheering for one another because they are all embracing the suffer fest together. And even the the, the top guys and gals are going to be cheering everybody on. And that's again, I think just the hunting community and a lot of like-minded people is that again our ultimate goal yep. is for the fall mm -hmm. yeah we want to do the best that we can out here and see where we're at but we're also about creating new friendships and uh, meeting new people and stuff like that too so hands down one thing i want to touch base back on like we're gonna rewind but it's like you said you have the the age classes on everything break that down for us you bet so we have well for one of all if you're coming with little kids we will have like the little tyke division 
that's going to go on between the competitors meeting and our first heat. Uh, so if you have little okay. kids that just want to kind of run around and go through some of the challenges and, and mm -hmm. maybe if they mm -hmm. have a bow that they shoot, we will accommodate that and make it fun for the little uh, guys and gals. Then we have, we have a teen division for uh, right. kids that are 13 to 15. They have their own division that they can compete mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. From there, we have the open division for both men and women. And that's essentially 17 years of age up to uh, 40. Uh, so that's the open division. And that's, that division is where they're carrying the most amount of weight. So for the guys, it's 50 pounds. For the ladies, it's 30 pounds is what they're gonna be carrying. Once you hit 40, 40 to 49, that is what we call the master's division. Um, for the men, that's 40 pounds in their, in their backpack. For the women, uh, I'm gonna probably get this wrong, but it's around 20 pounds. Uh, right. And then we have what we call uh, the super master, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's 50 to 59. Mm -hmm. And then we have the senior masters, which is 60 and over. Okay. So we essentially have four, five divisions with the team division that we have. So you will be broken up into your age group and you, the weight that you will be carrying and doing the challenges with will be mm -hmm, scaled mm -hmm. for your age. Smart. Because we actually, you had uh, Fred, he was 66, right? Fred, yeah. And, and this was his first first practice or was first, he first practice? Yeah. He just found out about train hunt uh, mm -hmm. just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just started shooting a recurve bow of all things at 66 years of age. Yes. Uh, only a few months ago, and he came up to to try us out. So yeah, and he's a very humble gentleman, and he's really excited about. It. I mean, he just beat cancer. He had an operation here, and then right, that was happened right when he bought the bow back in March. March, yeah. yeah. So it's like he is, I mean, he's really impressive. I mean, he, he he's a contender, yeah, and he's it's double my age, and he kicked my ass. <laughs> yes, he, he beat me. To, he beat me too. It's like, but it's it's very inspiring to see a gentleman like that. And him and I actually had a lot of similar charities in mind that we do because we're both both very homeless uh, invested for charities and then, then uh, veterans as well. So it was very nice to communicate that with them. And then I did a short, like 45 minute, 45 second video. You did a, a video for it with him too, as well. It's like, it's yeah. just, he's real inspiration. So it's like, it doesn't matter what your age is. It's like, you just go out and do it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, that's true. It's like when I first walked in here and met all the people that were just, just practicing, they were all really excited to see an extra face, a new face here. And then somebody's bringing a popularity to it and doing some publicity for them as well. It's like, I think that was really humbling experience. Cause it's like, it's a very big community. Cause it's like, they want everybody to see. Cause it's like, it right. just makes stories much more fun. Well, and I think uh, what's great about trying to hunt and Kenton, bringing this event nationwide and not just out west is that here in the midwest if you're a hunter and you and you're trying to be an uh, a hunter athlete and being as fit as you can mm -hmm. to be ready for out west all that you had to do was maybe some trail runs maybe some uh, you know a half marathon you know mm -hmm. to kind of stay motivated and keep your training up but now we actually have an event for hunters that's specifically for archery that you get to run around and do these crazy challenges and push yourself and meet new people all centered around archery and mm -hmm. that is for me growing up in wisconsin and not having that avenue and now having it here i just think is a, is a great is a great thing i gotcha so, so we, since, since he said he's bringing kids in here for uh, teenagers stuff what uh, what are activities you can do to keep them from being bored and creating a scene we're talking about setting up a little uh obstacle course that's kid friendly to, mm -hmm. to kind of keep them interested motivated give them yeah. a little space to run around um and then you know they can watch the competitors and kind of um 
maybe some of them will get uh, some inspiration to um, compete the next year, depending on their age, um, and or uh, you know, kind of pick somebody who you know mm-hmm. is inspirational to them, and yeah, um, kind of get some some insight on how they want to how they want to move forward with their life as they okay. they get older and you know get into archery more, uh, mm-hmm. be athletic, mm-hmm. healthy, um, and just be outside have fun that's very true and what else is who else is going to be here too it's like i heard hha is going to be here and who else is going to be here so we are trying to make this uh, an event where people we plan on getting done with the competition on saturday early afternoon okay so bha backcountry hunters and anglers will will probably be here uh probably with a booth we'll we'll have some novelty shots in the Mm -hmm, afternoon mm -hmm. Uh, we might have a bha sponsored long distance shot Mm-hmm. Uh, Blackhawk Bow Hunters uh, Club is a club that I belong to. They have some movable targets that we might bring out mm-hmm. and have some novelty shots for that to, to, you know, for fun stuff basically to do in the afternoon. There's a guy I'm talking with that has aerial archery where they sh- uh, shoot the disc up in the air and you have little foo-foo arrows that you shoot at the disc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, fun stuff to do that. Any, you know, anybody of any age can do that. Uh, and then at night, Saturday night, uh, we are going to have a band. I believe it's Sheriff and the Outlaws. Sheriff and the Outlaws. Yeah, we'll That's be playing. Awesome. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. have some. We're going to do what we do best in Wisconsin. We're going to do some some good meat on the grill, some good meat on the smoker, uh-huh. and some beer. Very cool. And, oh, so you are going to have alcohol here for, uh, yep, for we'll the ones that are, are going to be here for the the concert. I think. Yep. Yeah, we'll have we'll have some beer, uh, bonfire. Uh, Sheriff and the Outlaws, kind of a, a honky tonk Southern rock mm-hmm. style of band. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They play out here all the time in the winter. They got a That's good awesome. following and. Um, some easy listening music and some yeah. beer and a fire. And I, and I think it's important for people to know, too, that I believe the Tyro Tavern will be open all day serving food and drinks. Oh, and, that's awesome. Yes. Yep. Stuff, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. The Tyro Tavern will be open with, you know, we have hamburgers, hot dogs, brats, all that sort of stuff during the day. Um, mm-hmm. Soda, water, beer if you choose, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So Fair enough. The, for those who are participating, don't drink before, drink after. Because <laughs> it's like I had a few beers last night, and it's like I, I like uh, the uh, – I like the heavier IPAs. So it was eleven point two percent alcohol, so I had two beers. Like I was fine, <laughs> I was great. But it's their little spenny. But uh, no, for the for the concert, are you going to charging a mission fee? Nope, it? nope. It's all part of uh, just come out and watch, train to hunt, and get interested in hunting, being fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if you do want to have a couple beers the night before, it's probably realistic hunting. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we <laughs> all we true. all we all get up to you know hunting cabin and uh-huh. indulge a little too much and get up in the morning like oh boy well, yes. well the good uh-huh. thing is that the the heavy competitions on uh-huh. saturday so saturday night if they want to enjoy they can because sunday morning is just the 3d uh, aspect of it so right. it's not going to be really physically demanding on sunday and uh there is going to be camping available that yep. if somebody wants to that was gonna bring up that too as well so what do you have for camping then so is it strictly ca- uh tent camping or? um we have a couple spots for rvs if you want to bring your rv um mm-hmm. and then uh we have a, a a big area that you can tent camp in as well very cool so. That's that. So those are for those who are traveling from from Lacrosse or from Milwaukee. You have yeah. opportunities instead of spending time in Mil, uh, Madison getting a hotel and such. So right. you, there's plenty of opportunity there to, yeah. to become accommodated. And there's there's Blue Mountain State Park just up the way too. If uh, you're looking for more RV spots mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. more of a campground atmosphere than than here, uh, there's that. Uh, it's just a few miles away from here as well. So what about showers? Because I'm really starting to smell it. <laughs> we do not have showers for our campers. That would be the, where there, Blue Mountain. There is a pond here, yeah, and, and it is enter at your own risk. And there are some pretty <laughs> big snapping turtles in it. So Ugh. that's a. Yeah. Uh, you might come out with like a 
couple extra ears or third <laughs> eye or, yeah. but, or, a, or a couple less toes but it is water so mm-hmm. i mean Fair just enough. depends on your tolerance that is very true i'm watching this guy walk up and down we're here at the still we're um, we're sending out here on the on the patio here at tyro basin and we're watching this gentleman he i watched him walk in and he just put his stuff down and walk, walk, goes all the way up come all the way back down and it just like it he, you have this open to the public right for uh, people who want to come out and hike the hill, we we generally allow that as long as mm-hmm. they're respectful of the property. Um, yeah. We don't really have a too much issue. Um, if you want to come out here and kind of be at pots and ride your dirt bike or ATV around, we usually ask you to find a different spot. But if you're going to come out, be respectful and just hike. Mm-hmm. We don't got no problem. Nathan with that. does have an AR in his office, so <laughs> if you are um, yes. not respecting his property, it's for woodchucks. Woodchucks. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which we, we did find a den one. And then the cool thing is, too, you can also walk your pets out here. I saw that leash yep. only, so which is fantastic, especially if you've got a dog that's just got a lot of energy. Yeah, uh, Sarah, who did train to hunt today, she brings her Rottweiler out here when she trains during uh-huh. the week. And um, they run up and down the hill, and I think Sarah's more fit than the Rottweiler for sure. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes sometimes it's laying down here in the shade while she's still running up and down the hill. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're a pet-friendly place, and um, I have dogs myself, and – it's a great place to have them. So that's great. And so, what's so? How long has uh, Fit to Hunt been around? Train to Hunt. Train to Hunt. Sorry. If you, if you if you say Fit to Hunt again, I'm gonna have to have you do 20 burpees. Yeah, no kidding. It's like <laughs> it's my fault. So it's Train to Hunt. <laughs> no. So how long that's been? How long has this been started since uh, was first founded in uh, Washington? Yeah, uh, so I believe this is either the ninth or the tenth year that uh, Kenton has been doing Train to Hunt. So okay. The first handful of years has been was strictly just out west, mm-hmm. uh, mostly in the northwest, and then. Uh, people started telling them, say, hey, you need to you need to bring this here or, or you know, bring it to Colorado or Wisconsin. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then just in the last, I'd say, three or four years, uh, we've been, uh, Kent has been bringing it, you know, all over the place. And uh, for whatever reason, I guess Wisconsinites just have something to prove uh, that we've been the biggest qualifier now for the second or third year in a row. That's awesome. Plus, we do have elk hunting now, too, so which is great. That's true. I wonder, I wonder. Is our ecosystem sustainable for mule deer? That's a great question. Uh-huh. I know none of us are, have that qualification to answer that question, but it's like it'd be it'd be cool to see because I mean, we got elk successfully transplanted. It's like, do you know how cool it'd be to have uh, muleys walking around here too? Just these big old racks would be fantastic, right? No, that that's a that's a great question. I never even thought about that. And, and I mean, it's a, I was wondering too, like, why don't we have speed goats around here? I mean, it's like especially like in <laughs> Iowa, it's like you once you hit. In, uh, west of the Missouri, you have speed goats and all that fun stuff down there, but we don't have it over here. It's like, why not? Right. We do have a lot of bear, though. Oh, yes, we do. That's for Dan Tootin. Then also we have uh, wolves, too, which yep. has been kind of – which has been a big uh, aspect of the whole area because it's like we up north, it's like we didn't even introduce the wolves back in, back in the day here a few – back in the 90s and stuff like that. They just came across the frozen lake. So as a repercussion of that, now all the bigger – megaphone are starting to come down here we've had bears showing up in lacrosse we've had bears showing up in iowa bears showing up in northern illinois and also pushing the big cats too because like they had a big cat in uh, dodge center here two weeks ago i know a a property used to hunt in minnesota southern minnesota we have a big cat out there saw a tail once but i (laughs) but i saw his footprints all the place but he he never goes after the law the the livestock only goes after the the coyotes or the deer which is which I am perfectly fine with that. So it's like the landowner never raised a stink about it. So it's like, well, therefore, it's like, well, it's unique to see that around here. But it's like we're not going to monkey with it. Well, and there was, a, I believe, an official uh, cougar sighting in Beloit 
No uh, kidding. I think I read yep. that. Yeah, just yeah, I read that. Or two weeks ago. And then uh, well, this past fall, I was driving to a stand down event on the first week of October, and I saw a state trooper with the lights on. So it's like, oh, someone must have pulled somebody over. No, it was a bear on its back. Somebody smucked it. Oh boy. Yeah, big old black yeah. bear. You're just sitting right there. And this was only between um, Sparta and, or from uh, West Salem to Sparta. So it's like yeah. they, he was walking. He, he got hit hard. Hopefully it, they'll open up some more tags for us for those bears so that uh, mm-hmm. we don't have to I wait five, talk about that, five years. It? Yes, I, I believe there is talk about that right at the moment here. Now, I heard I was listening to you talk about when you're elk hunting. Was that was, it was your elk story? Was that from last year or? Yeah, that was from the 2017 this past fall. Okay. Uh, we went out to Montana. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had a successful elk hunt. We went to the Bob Marshall Wilderness, wilderness area, and uh, we hiked in uh, – Way too far is about a 10 mile hike in. Wow. We hunted there for, I think, five or six days. Mm-hmm. Very little, saw very little sign. Uh, the elk were just really, really quiet. And then one afternoon, we probably had at least a dozen wolves around us just. Oh, you were close to a den then? Yeah. They, they, Sounds they, like a John Dudley story there. They, they, uh, they lit up. And uh, so we we're like, you know what? Let's just hike out. And uh, so the next morning we got up super early, hiked out, and we went to uh, Plan B, which is uh, uh, none of your none of your business mountain in Montana. Okay, you know where that's at. <laughs> it's, it's, a fan, it's a fantastic name for it. I love it. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, we, we had a great hunt. Uh, we got it done on the second to last day, uh, able to, to call a bull in for my buddy Ed, and uh, we connected, and uh, we just had an epic an epic pack out. Uh, mm-hmm. We had about a seven mile pack out. Um, we took most of the bull between the two of us in one trip, uh, and that hike, uh, that pack out is why we do train to hunt is why we mm-hmm. put on the heavy packs and we put on the miles and, and do all the training that we do all year round because we had, uh, about a mile, uh, descent, about a thousand, thousand foot drop mm-hmm. through some gnarly stuff. And then once we hit the trail, uh, about a five, five and a half mile hike back to the truck. Okay. Uh, up and down, but uh, super heavy packs. Uh, I don't have any idea what they say. Ed thinks they only weighed 100 pounds. I, I tell him they were a lot heavier than 100 pounds. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but we're able to do that, and we're able to wake up the next morning mm-hmm. and hike back in and do some more hunting and bring uh, the rest of the elk out. Uh, so we didn't, it didn't ruin our bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of guys and gals that go out that aren't training and, and they they happen to get an animal down, and after they get it back to the truck, their their bodies are ruined, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. can't go back out to fill their buddy's tag or, or to enjoy themselves. Because they're so. just too just so far wrecked. Right. Then um, my question is, too, because I just got done listening to Dr. Matthew Walker. He is a sleep scientist when it comes down to it. And he was on Rogan here about a year or so ago. A fantastic episode, but he talks about sleep. Now, you can chime in on some too, Nate. How do you guys handle your sleep? During the rut, <laughs> or even during, well, uh, how about well, how we start with since we're still talking about your elk hunt, how did yeah. you guys handle your sleep? Like when we're out in the mountain, yeah. It's like, so how, what was your what was your game plan from sundown to sun up? So, usually we, we get back to uh camp uh just after dark, depending on how far we're, we're hunting from. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're so dead tired that you basically make a quick meal and you're in the tent. And for me, I don't have any trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. Except uh, in the one spot, uh, we ran into some locals, and they said that there's a, a large uh, male grizzly 
that lives in that area. Okay. So those few nights, I like if you heard a twig break, I yeah, like my heart I get was it. pounding. Like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you could feel your heartbeat beating through your eyeballs, and and then you're not trying to breathe because you're trying to hear. It. Is was that really something, or is that what you know? What is that? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I honestly don't have an issue sleeping in the mountains uh, because mm-hmm. for one thing, you're just so tired. True. True. Uh, and and at that time of the year. Usually you're sleeping by let's say nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and for us because we, you know, we're doing kind of a, a bivy camp, uh, we we don't have like a long hike to get anywhere in the morning, so we don't have to get up two three hours before light to get somewhere because oh, we're okay. we're already within probably a mile or a half mile of where, where you want to hunt. Where we want to hunt. So fair enough. So that allows us to sleep in a little bit. A little that bit makes later. sense then, because so you're looking at what seven hours of sleep then. Oh yeah, that's yeah. good because usually because like at the end of the episode, it really it really sets into your mind about you want to be have at least seven to nine hours of sleep if it's possible. Because anything less than that, you'll run into fatigue and it's like it breaks down, like it doesn't allow your brain to relax and get rid right. of some of the buildup and junk. Because he says it's like after a certain point in time, you're actually doing damage to your brain. Um, and on top of that too, it's like this just this week, uh, there was a gal that I work with. She was describing a story what had happened. There was a nurse was like they were over by Gunderson in La Crosse and. There was a nurse that got off at, at 16 hour shift and she's driving along and she rear ended her and her friend and her, the babies in the back there and stuff like that. But he explains to him, it's like any nurse that has less than like, uh, has been on a shift for more than 12 hours is 170% likely to hit going to get an accident. Sure enough. Luckily, it was just wow. a fender bender, but it's like it really changes your perspective when you're going to go underneath the knife. And like, especially like how long, how many hours you've been up? And it's like, and you've said you're over 12 hours. I don't want you in my room. Cause it's like you're a, it's something like 400 higher to kill somebody it's yeah. something ridiculous it's, he breaks it's only about two hour long podcast i recommend listening now follow up with you how do you handle like so you do you hunt out west or you just primarily uh, stay i here? don't really hunt out west i don't have time because uh hunting season here is when we're getting ready to make snow True. so uh i will kind of be on the opposite end of the spectrum um we will run 40 50 60 straight hours and then i'll go sit in a stand wow <laughs> so um that's just training yourself to be awake um you know there was many days last year during gun season here that um i'd make snow all night Mm -hmm. i'd go sit out go sit out watch for for deer in the morning um didn't see nothing then i go home go to bed so it's it's kind of a different perspective um i work night shift most of my life Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. so you just kind of you get used to lack of sleep um it's the the perspective of uh potentially doing brain damage is kind of interesting i wonder how many brain cells i've lost over the years uh by by running those long hours but uh we got to get snow made and Mm -hmm. um yeah this is this is your bread and butter this is how you make your money so that that's we we do what's got to get done and then so so here's an interesting fun fact for you so like ron reagan and and margaret thatcher they ran ran in four hours of sleep most of their careers Mm -hmm. most of the political careers stuff like that well that's what and actually accelerated their alzheimer's is because they weren't able to let their brain rest. Mm-hmm. And there's only, and like he was explaining to me, there's only like 1% of the entire population actually legitimately can survive of four hours a night. Only 1%. It's like, you're more likely to get struck by lightning than actually have this dream, uh, this gene. So don't think you do. The worst part mm-hmm. is, though, there's no way to test for it. So it's like, mm-hmm. you don't know. And it's, like, but it's one of those things where you don't really recognize it until you hit your 45, your 55, your 65. Mm-hmm. And like, right when you were retired, it's like that grave is getting closer and closer because mm-hmm. I didn't take care of my body. Well, I know uh, Ben Greenfield. Uh, I don't know if you listen to Ben Greenfield's podcast. Ben Greenfield, that, that's pretty Bowman, right? 
No, Ben Greenfield is, is his own guy. He his uh, he's famous for being the fittest man in the world as well. Oh, okay. He's a super cool guy. He's actually trained to hunt. Okay. Uh, competitor. He's actually doing the national championship too. No so, kidding. That's gonna uh, be some stupid competition for you, huh? Yeah. So he's he's got a stu- <laughs> a super cool podcast, and he's mm-hmm. got a lot of cool people, a lot of doctors and scientists that come on about health, fitness, nutrition, mm-hmm. sleep. And I think one of the guys said that for for a man, if you get less than six hours of sleep a night, it's like not getting any sleep at all. or It does something with the chemicals in the brain. So, yeah, I so get I, it. I, I can see it. I can see that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. listen to these people. Like, they call that you're getting an abridged version. The gentleman, uh, Dr. Walker, has a book out there you can read, but it's just fantastic. So we're coming up on an hour. This is uh, this is something new that I've added recently. But what is your five top game animals that you want to get? You either you either hunted or you want to get after? Well, well, I guess uh, I'm not big on exotics. Um, you know, I would go on a hunt like that, but uh, an axis deer would be cool. But for me, it's really elk and whitetail. Okay, Th- those are the two things that, that get me up in the morning. Do you get, do any do any fishing or anything like that that you like to get? I, after I too? used to be a big fisherman, but once I got into serious archery and doing a lot of uh, competitive archery over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you only have so many dollars and so much time to go. So <laughs> that's so true. So the fishing went, and the uh, the archery took 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 my took life old? over. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah, I used to. My uh, fiance used to work at Gander Outdoors, so it's like I got a lot of good fishing gear for dirt cheap. So it's like it was fantastic. Yeah. How about you, Nate? What are your top five game animals? <sighs> I love whitetail hunting. Okay, um, you know that's kind of the main. That's our that's our thing around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, coyote hunting is great great time i mean that's not really big game but it's still a fun uh, animal to shoot it's still fun um me and me and the woodchucks we have a pretty epic battle out here at the ski hill um you know a little bit caddyshack going on me running around with ar firing at woodchucks here and there i can see tannerite coming uh, into the picture soon uh i've tried to stay away from that just because of the damage it could potentially do and especially getting a little carried away mm-hmm. um i'd love to love to get a bear tag mm-hmm. um i've been putting in for that for a few years now and oh. still haven't got drawn um love to get that um and i'd love to go hunt some hogs in texas there we go That'd be a great time it's fantastic i'm i'm on the, I'm the host so i don't have to worry about breaking those down because i talk about all the animals it's like either one hunt or have had the pleasure to hunt and get after uh now um how can we find you on social media there brian so yeah social media train to hunt uh both facebook and uh instagram just train to hunt is the name me personally, I'm on Instagram as Get Fit with Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess same thing on uh, on Facebook as well too. Get Fit with Brian. Fair enough. How about you? Do you want to? You want to? Besides Tyro Basin, do you have any? Do you want? Do you want a, any attraction? Or you? Well, I don't see a ring on your finger yet, so you are single. I got a fiance. Oh, very uh, cool. Autumn is her name. Um, so never mind then, ladies. I, I chose my favorite season He's and decided to marry yet. it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Uh, TyroBasin.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyro Basin on Facebook, Tyro Basin on Instagram. Um, we also have Tyro Basin Parks on Instagram. So cool. uh, you can see all of our terrain park stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're part of a whole bunch of different uh, social media things as far as uh, like unaffiliated productions. Mm-hmm. Um, Havy City, uh, Alex Havy does a lot of filming out here for us for freestyle Wonderful. Uh, activities. Um, we do some pretty cool stuff out here during the winter. We're hoping to do some really cool stuff during the summer. Very cool. And then I, I should have asked this a little bit earlier, but is there any places around here that does um, training for fit to hunt? 
here in Wisconsin that they can get. You have 20 burpees. Fuck. <laughs> Trained to hunt. I am so sorry. I am. It's it's the it's the the lack of um, being physically fit. But for trained to hunt, is there any places in your, that they can practice for this upcoming event? Yeah. So I mean, we're we're three short weeks away from the Wisconsin qualifier and five weeks away from nationals. Uh, I have a class that I hold at Blackhawk Bow Hunters and here at Tyro Basin on okay. Tuesday nights. Um, and then also if they just contact me and, and need some training, uh, I can try to get them in between now mm -hmm. and the Wisconsin qualifier. Uh, but like Nathan said, if you want to come out to Tyro Basin and, and run the hill, attempt to run the hill, uh, maybe crawl up the hill, yeah, whatever yeah. you can do, uh, you know, that's, that's open here as well too. So very cool. I didn't know if there was any other, uh, facilities, any archery shops that do uh, train to hunt. Uh, La well, lacrosse archery, we got Anthony Schmidt, he's coming down. Uh, I know he's got a group up in lacrosse that's training for mm -hmm. it. He's, he's got a pretty good following, so uh, you can bug him uh, for that. Um, so that's on the, the, the west end of the, the state. Anything else? There's unfortunately right now, I don't know of many clubs uh, or many pro shops that are really getting behind it on, on the east side. So mm -hmm. I know Whale Tails Archery uh, has had a team the past couple of years. Okay. Um, but other than that, I, I'm not aware. So if you are a pro shop, if you are a club, uh, contact us because uh, along with what we're doing here, we have a new indoor archery challenge that we had some uh, some beta testing this, mm -hmm. this past winter mm -hmm. at, at uh, Lacrosse Archery, Vortex Optics, and Papa's Trading Post. Mm -hmm. And this next year for uh, the winter of 2019-2020, uh, we're going to take that nationwide and we're going to have some uh, indoor competitions all across the nation. So. That's awesome. And then in the in the show notes, I'm going to post all of Tyrell's information in there and also Train to Hunt Woo. in there as well. So this way then everybody listens to this podcast in the, in the past or, or in the future and, and then once it passes, go from there. Uh, so thank you for all for turning and in. And we'll also post a video of Jeff doing the 20 penalty. Yes, it's like I, I need to show <laughs> that I, I made a mistake of saying, uh, not saying Train to Hunt. So that's, that's my bad. Uh, but thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you go on Stitcher and rate us. Give us positive feedback. You can always uh, directly DM me because I run all the social media. But uh, thank you for your time. You have a great day.